0: We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, ninety nine three KLIN.
1: The record price for a home sale in Lincoln is $3.5 million. This was Scott Frost's haul after his awkward November exit. Dave Albers is hoping that the high cost of housing reported recently in Lincoln is completely due to this one-off and that we will return to normal. We will hear how home sales are doing nationwide coming up later in the show in segment three.
2: Well, I don't know if I necessarily thought that was the one single one, but those... Outliers can't have an impact on on things. They
1: might affect the median price for one year, right? Yeah, for last, uh, last
2: year. This segment is brought to you because of Nebraska Green Sorghum Board, Lower Platte South Natural Resource District.
1: Coming up on the show, Penny Johnson, A O I Company here in Lincoln. What are employers doing? to lure employees into the office more often. Her company is into construction, architecture, and office furniture sales. And I've been looking forward to this because I like those architectural and redecorating trends, and I want to hear well, I, what's going on with it.
2: Robin, you, you do like It's my you, thing. It's your thing. I'll agree with you. We're also going to talk to Tammy Ward, outgoing city council member. Her uh, district was from downtown out to the Fallbrook area.
1: Are you an upholder? Are you a questioner? Are you an obliger? Or are you a rebel? We will talk about The Four Tendencies by author Gretchen Rubin with guest Angela Paolini
2: and why don't we talk to uh, our guest in the studio right now Robin yes now you're going to get excited
1: now now this is <laughs> this is a segment that talks about the techniques being used to coax employees back into the office because as we know the average employee wants to work at home 2 to 3 days a week and and employers would like him to come back more often. So we invited Penny Johnson from AOI Corporation in to, to find out what these trends are. How are you doing today, Penny? I'm
3: doing great. Thanks,
1: Thanks for coming. Me. Well, first give us a quick overview of the services because I know you do more than just furniture. So what, what all do you do?
3: Yeah, so AOI provides furniture and prefabricated interior construction products for the built environment. Uh, we are Nebraska's certified millenial furniture dealer And we're also a Dirt Partner, which is our prefabricated systems vendor. Um, In Omaha, in the Omaha market, we are a general contractor. That's how we got started in uh, 1985. So doing remodeling jobs for office Mostly interior office remodeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, we opened a showroom in Lincoln in 1999 when we became a Herman Miller Furniture Dealer. And so we've been in the Lincoln market since 1999.
2: Those are are some brand names that, People who deal in office furniture are familiar very with. Well-known yeah. yes. Very well-known brands. Very
3: very solid, been
1: around for a long time. What Lincoln companies have you done architectural and construction
3: services for, and what did you do for them? Um, well, some larger companies we have worked with um, to provide furniture for include uh, Sandhills Global, um, NRC Health Downtown, um, The Huddle, um, their corporate headquarters here in Lincoln, Assurity, um, and most recently, um, the Piedmontese Great Plains Beef
1: headquarters on North 84th Street. Oh, okay. And all of these, we have- These are all
2: significant accounts, by the way.
1: Yeah, we have done show topics, and all of these are building permits, because all of them are involved in construction and remodeling around Lincoln. So we'd love to hear the hot new trends that are in retail and office spaces. So so go ahead and launch. Tell us what's
3: changing. We don't uh, get into retail spaces a whole lot. You stick with the office, the office, and the Mm -hmm. corporate, and healthcare, and even higher education. Um, The biggest thing right now in commercial building and design and remodeling um, that came out of the last few years is a desire for um, flexible and um, modular buildings.
4: modular
3: yes so So being able to easily um, reconfigure or change a space change um, the walls change the walls without having to do major uh, demolition or you know tearing down drywall or
2: even just removable walls
3: removable walls
2: right that you can literally take apart and and change your configuration
3: exactly the ceiling stays the same the floor stays the same but you're able to um, easily and quickly change the walls Mhm. And then additionally the furniture within the space.
1: Mhm.
3: Mhm. What about interior decorating? Um
2: color schemes. Color, scheme, one, oh, yeah. color schemes? Paint, mm-hmm. carpet, yeah. Uh,
3: um well, what do you notice? I'm going to like, like give away my age here because um I don't know if it's quite made it back to the Midwest, but we're seeing uh, like pastel colors. Pastel? Like pinks <laughs> and, and <office>? blues. <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. Pastel, that's Dave. Interesting.
1: Well, well, that's, we'll see, Dave.
3: Well, let's see, Dave. Are you if, can, if, it, if it makes its way here? But let's we'll see if the Albers
1: offices go. have pink chairs. <laughs> yeah, <I> Got to <laughs> be is, honest
2: with you, probably not.
1: Dave is not looking real happy about this idea. Okay, so why, why pastel? What? What is it? Just I, tired of what are they tired of? Gray,
3: gray, grayish, neutrals. Yeah. yeah. So they
1: want. Something it, it different,
3: and then like as far as furniture, um, they, they're calling it color dip. Where like the chair is the same color, like the base and the fabric, and the whole piece of furniture
2: is the same. So like the whole, a like the whole a whole piece a, of furniture is pastel, like a mono. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. like the okay. chair
1: legs are pastel. Yeah. It's, oh, it's interesting. interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I <wow>. just, <laughs> oh. I, uh, Robin knows it. I'm I'm kind of a traditional sort of guy kind of boring frankly that's that's out there for a guy like me that's interesting <laughs> okay
1: talk to dave about wood <laughs> <laughs> Would. she laughed. Dave, yes. did you see she laughed?
2: I I know, I know. Hey, what about floor coverings though? What What are you seeing? Carpet. Are, are, yeah. are we are doing? Or do you? Carp- or, or do, do you, you get
1: to see it? Like you're selling them the furniture, so do you ever get to see how it?
3: Oh, uh, we do see it. We we're not the ones uh, selecting and recommending the flooring type, but it's still a lot of carpet, a lot of neutral carpet, and
1: it's still the tiles. It's still carpet tiles. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah that's sure. probably here to stay. That's here to stay.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it makes it. it it makes it easier for okay so people.
1: now the thing you really know a lot about furniture yes okay tell us about that what's changing
3: well um if you want to get into like how are employees trying or employers trying to bring yeah right to the yes. office. yeah so um everyone's still trying to figure this out and lincoln you there's not there's,
1: a tr-
2: there's the, no magic they're bullet, not on course no
3: yeah there's no magic um solution um Uh, There's a lot of experimenting going on, Hmm. companies trying different things. Uh, We've seen everything from companies going back to the way they were doing it before, they haven't changed anything, to full-blown remodels where they're taking out workstations and putting in amenities like coffee bars, um, game rooms, large collaboration lounge areas to try to give um, employees reasons to come back. Yeah. Um. But, like, everyone works differently and every company culture is slightly different. Yeah. So it's hard to find that that balance.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I can understand. So you can't really put your finger on any one thing other than a comfy place to hang out.
3: Right. And yeah. I, I really think in the next few years we'll start to see how um, – how the work from home really plays into what the, the office um, floor plan looks like. Will they
1: come back more days? and
3: Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. sure yeah, they will. Well, this is fun stuff to talk
1: about. Thank you. Uh, Good information. If, if you want to know more about pastel furniture, <laughs> how do you get or a not. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you want another option, how do we get a hold of you?
3: Um, you can send me an email or give us a call. My email is penny.johnston, and that's j o h n s. T-O-N. With a T. At A-O-I-C-O-R-P dot com. A-O-I Corp.
2: Okay. Okay, Good stuff. Well, thank you, Penny. Appreciate it.
3: You're welcome. Thanks for
1: having me. Coming up next, we'll find out what your four tendencies are because it's helpful to know when you are managing employees how you might be different from them. We'll talk to Angela Paolini.
0: It's Grow Lincoln. 1,499-3-KLIN.
1: Lincoln weather this upcoming week, still freezing temperatures most nights. But the days are improving. We'll see weather in the 50s with precipitation expected towards the end of the week.
2: This segment is possible today because of Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business.
1: We have Angela Paolini with us from Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. She comes on our show occasionally and reviews books and she has been on to one author lately. Um, and has read one book, and the same author has another one coming out. And these have application to those of us in the workplace. Um, thanks a lot for coming, Angela Paolini from Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. How are you this morning?
5: <laughs> I am good, Robin Eshelman of Eshelman Property. <laughs>
2: <laughs> good job.
5: Um, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it.
2: Well, why don't you talk a little bit about this book and and maybe give us a little bit of definition.
5: It's called The Four
1: Tendencies, correct?
5: Yes, that is correct. It has just been a game changer for me because we all deal with expectations, right? We all deal with our own inner expectations as well as we have obviously a lot of outer expectations, right? Our family, our work, career, coworkers, customers, you know, what have you. And how do you handle expectations? And Gretchen Rubin wrote the book. She did her own research using surveys, uh, surveying a bunch of uh, audience re- readers, that kind of a thing. And she she created based on on the questions she asked and the answers she received. She figured out if you think of like a clock face, um, you'd have upholder at noon. You'd have obliger at three you have a rebel at six and you have questioner at nine and the reason why i'm setting it up that way is because upholder and rebel are completely uh, opposite when you're an upholder you meet your expectations for yourself as well as expectations that are put on you without any question so you so are,
1: supermen yes. and superwomen
5: correct yeah. correct <laughs> and 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 these these people these upholders so when you're working with these people or you you know they're a family member they can also be kind of frustrating because they're the people that if they if they've been told from church that they can't do anything on a sunday because it's god's holy day or something i'm just using an example of of church cuz i know somebody like this and they will not if they have a birthday party to go to let's say for their grandchild or you know, somebody that is important to them, they will not go if it's on a Sunday because they can't go do something on a Sunday because they're an upholder. They have internalized those expectations that have been given to them from on high, so to speak. But the obliger at three can also be slightly an upholder as well as an obliger, as well as a rebel and an obliger. But you cannot, opposite is questioner, which is, at, remember, at nine. And obligers at three, so they're opposites. So most of the time people aren't a questioner and an obliger. So I'm going to really quick go back to what an obliger is. That Remember, that's at three. So your upholder's at noon, obliger's at three. Your obliger is somebody who does not meet their own expectations very well, but they meet outer expectations really well. They're self-sacrificial. So for, yes, exactly. So if you are that person who finds you never have time for yourself, Or, you know, I make time for everybody else, but not for me. You're probably an obliger. So when you're looking at, let's say, trying to lose weight or trying to exercise, you need an external expectation because you will not follow your own. Like you might have a goal to lose weight, but you will not meet that. You You need a group. Yep, you need a group. There you go. Then your rebel at six, you can have – and I'm obliger with rebel tendencies. So the rebel (laughs) – doesn't follow any expectations at all, their own or others. And it can be very frustrating for both the rebel and the people that know them. And love oh, them. that would
1: be Dave. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> I wondered, I was trying to decide. He's laughing. Was. <laughs> I was trying to decide. I thought Dave might be an upholder. I don't know. But yeah. So, so the, so the rebel needs like options, you know, so like a kid who is going to go outside and they get a sunburn because they don't put on suntan lotion or sunblock, you know. And they just insist they have to go outside. Mom says, okay, uh, if you if you decide to go outside, that's fine. If you burn, then you're going to have to stay indoors for a while. Otherwise, you can put on, like, long sleeve shirt, long pants, um, and cover yourself up and go play outside. Or you can wear sunblock, go play outside. And, you know, so you're giving them options. So that they choose.
1: These are That's, people who don't really get the concept of consequences without a hard lesson.
5: I think so. It must be. I'm not really sure. I just think that for whatever reason, I don't know what the bent is. And, and remember, too, that we're involved, like, personality is involved in this. Um, there's. It's not just um, how you handle expectations is who you are. I mean, you know, there's so many factors, right, and variables involved. Um, like how you're raised, you know, your nature versus nurture, that kind of a thing. So I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just how you handle expectations and the rebel. I don't know that it's that they don't want consequence or they don't understand consequences as much as they don't really care. <laughs> they don't
1: care well, about that, the that. There's that. <laughs> no. Yeah. OK, so questioner. <laughs> Tell us about mm-hmm. questioner.
5: So Yes, yeah, so the questioner, that is a person who follows their inner um, expectations to a T, but questions outer expectations. So when you work with these people, these are the people that are always analyzing and need to know all the answers before they make a decision. So they're, you know, if their boss tells them, hey, you need to do X for this project, they'll want to know all the reasons why, and they'll do a lot of questioning um, because that's how they build their own inner expectation. Of committing to that thing that they are being told they have to do, so um, it might seem like they're being rebellious or being um, again, you know, going against authority because they're always questioning. But it's just who they are, what they need to do as far as um, understanding outer expectations and um, being able to commit inwardly to follow um, those expectations. They have to be convinced. They have to be convinced. And when you're a questioner, it's very difficult because and overwhelming because you're always asking questions. So sometimes you need to find that person that you trust and or that expert. And if you trust that expert, ask them to tell you what to do because it can be very overwhelming and bur- a burnout if you're always asking questions, right? And you're always needing to research and you, you might have analysis paralysis and and decision-making paralysis, you know, where you can't make a decision because you need all the answers, but you don't have time to find all the answers. So I just don't make a decision, you know, but sometimes you just have to make a decision.
1: (laughs) This sounds like a fascinating book. Give us the name and the author again.
5: Yes, The Four Tendencies, and it's Gretchen Rubin, R-U-B-I-N.
2: Well, thank you. Man, Uh, uh, I sit there and I'm uh, pondering what people would think – uh, where I would be located on your clock.
1: And what's impl- what's important is employees and coworkers. Yeah. Like how can we take this and apply this to the workplace? And work yeah, more ab- work more efficiently with each other.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And and knowing you, knowing yourself too.
1: Yeah. yeah. Gotta know yourself first and then what yeah. the other employees are. Angela Paolini, service master professional building maintenance. Thanks for reviewing the book, The Four Tendencies. We'll be right back.
0: Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on ninety nine three KLIN.
1: Thank you for listening to us today. This is Robin Eshelman of Eshelman Commercial Real Estate.
0: And Dave Albers of the Albers Company.
1: This segment is possible today because of Lincoln Airport Authority, Charter Title, and Nebraska Prep Equipment. In our Drinking Lincoln local update, no, we've gone from drinking through the pandemic to drinking past the pandemic, and now it's just Drinking Lincoln. (laughs) Um, Charm Boutique and Bar, which has been in the Telegraph District for maybe a year or two, is based out of Gothenburg. It's a women's clothing store, and they are moving to South Point Pavilions. They allow entrepreneurs and artisans to rent a booth in their store, and they also have a full bar and private shopping parties.
2: Private shopping parties.
1: They had to apply to the city for this move because of the liquor license.
2: Well, that makes sense. And then uh, Haymarket, Robin?
1: Tega Bar has made application to open where White Elm Bar used to be at 801 P Street.
2: Well, that's right kind of in the heart of the hay market right there in the middle there you go well this is time for us to talk to Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts Roger you are you with us here bud we're we're talking to him through through uh technology
4: I am uh here today nice to visit with you too Welcome
1: to the show Mr. Roger uh mixed news in the business world this week Update us on the banking trimmers and stocks and basically, Roger, what's your word this week?
4: Yeah, we discussed the banking sector last week, as you guys know. Um, you know, early on, the market uh, did pretty well earlier this week. Uh, however, the banks were certainly back in the news uh, all week. Uh, Janet Yellen uh, kind of stood out this week. Uh, she had said that the U.S. government was exploring ways to guarantee all bank deposits uh i think the banking stocks like that news so it certainly moved higher on monday and tuesday i think maybe it also gave some hope that maybe the banking news isn't maybe as bad as what we thought last week but uh i guess the week uh moved on and we got more banking news
2: well yeah talking about that uh they, they had an interest rate hike this week uh What's it look like? You, you know, you, you think might there might be an end inside here? I, I realize a lot of people thought maybe they're <clears throat> prior to this, maybe a half a percent, it was a quarter percent. So, what what are your thoughts? Yeah,
4: yeah I'd mentioned that last week too, that the Federal Reserve was meeting this week and, and they did increase uh, interest rates by a quarter point. And, Dave, you're right. I think a lot of people initially, before the banking news came out a couple weeks ago, was looking at a half a percent increase. But, uh, the market still fairly liked the news at a quarter point uh, initially. However, uh, the Federal Reserve, after their meeting, uh, the markets went back down. Uh, it was pretty pretty a bad day towards the end of the day uh, for the market. But the Fed funds rate sits now at four and three quarters to five percent range. I, I do think that the Federal Reserve has looked at the banking issues and made them a little bit more cautious. And they are looking at maybe one more rate increase. Uh, At least that's the news uh, that they've been talking about. And I'm not sure how the market really reacts or will react with that. But we'll have to wait and see if that's uh, bringing inflation down to really where they want uh, it to be.
1: I have a commercial real estate buyer in California. And I can just tell from his voice on the phone that he's getting swept up in that anxiety about... Sure, Silicon, you know, still churning over Silicon Valley Bank. But, I mean, it seems like we're making a move to solve problems like Credit Suisse and all these other banks.
4: Yeah, uh, Credit Suisse was uh, in the news as well over the weekend. Uh, Their concern was about their solvency. And uh, we saw a forced marriage between UBS and Credit Suisse uh, over the weekend. U.S. regional banks uh, still remain in the, the area of focus as well. Uh, JP Morgan, uh, was reportedly talking to, uh, other banks about efforts to stabilize First Republic. And that was after last week's $30 billion deposit lifeline that other banks came in, uh, to help that bank. I think we still don't know really enough, uh, enough about the banking sector and the things that's going on there. Uh, so I'm not sure that we have an educated decision yet, but on a bright side outside of the fed's policy meeting housing data on out tuesday showed that existing home sales jumped about 14.5% to an annualized rate of 4.58 million that was topping the 4.2 million expected by economists according to the bloomberg data that i had read so really that's pretty good news
2: yeah so what do you think about what what do you think this means from an inflation perspective on homes and other products that people worry about
4: Yeah, I don't know that this data really was based on inflation. I think uh, we had a short reprieve of interest rates on mortgages, uh, so there might have been some pent-up demand. And then also some people maybe have jumped on uh, the lower rates uh, while they were there. So we had pretty good numbers uh, overall. You know, getting back to the markets uh, at the beginning of the week uh, and extended really into Wednesday. Uh, The markets did pretty well. And then after the Fed meeting, it certainly sold off Wednesday afternoon. Thursday, we saw a little bit of a rebound. Uh, However, Deutsche Bank was in the news on Friday. So the stock market was pretty volatile that day as well. So if you like roller coasters, we certainly had a roller coaster (laughs) ride this week in the market.
2: Well, thank you, Roger. Lots Lots of good information. Appreciate it.
4: You bet. You guys have a good week.
1: Roger Frank is a registered representative of Securities offered through Berthold Fisher & Company Financial Services, BFS member FINRA, SIPC, Investment Advisory Services offered through BFC Planning, Inc., Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. I am a client of Roger's, and I am not being compensated. Coming up next, Tammy Ward, the outgoing City Council member for our downtown and Fallbrook neighborhoods, will talk to her.
0: Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: According to the Nebraska Examiner, regulatory regulatory costs in Omaha account locally for an estimated 32.8% of total construction costs compared to the national average of 21.5% as reported recently by the National Association of Home Builders.
2: This segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce... Baylor, Evnen, Wolf, and Tannehill Law Firm. In the
1: studio today envisioning Lincoln's future we want to talk to Tammy Ward from the Lincoln City Council who just served for four years and is going off but I'm sure she has some things she would like to see continue after she leaves and we wanted to hear um, what she would summarize as the biggest news in her district while she was on on the City Council. Welcome to the show, Tammy. Welcome to
2: the show. Robin, the two of you uh, both did four years We did our four years. Four (laughs) years I say
1: it's like jury duty. Everyone should have to do it once, but nobody should ever have to do it again.
6: (laughs) I like that. I like that, Robin. Well, well, Tammy, what were you most proud of um, during your service? You know, I really like that question, so I gave it some thought once I received your questions. But I'll have to say, when I was able to update one of our ordinances that helped fallen officer Mario Herrera at that moment, I told oh, myself if I did yeah. nothing else during my term, that was that was an accomplishment I was most proud of. A policeman who was gunned down, right? Right, just, yeah. right. Just, we lost just in him. the
2: event people don't remember that.
6: Thank you, you know. for that. Right. He lost his life in 2020, killed in the line of duty. His widow, C- Carrie Herrera, and her attorney, Vince Powers, long story short, brought me an ordinance to update the benefit package for fallen heroes so that fallen public servants, public safety servants, so that they could also receive workers' comp and their pensions. In the past, it was just which either one was more. But um, the council felt, and we all agreed, that they should get both. And so it was a significant amount of money for his family. And so we changed that ordinance, expanded it to include firefighters, because they also are public safety employees. And so that day, I remember thinking to myself, it was a very somber moment in the council chambers. Um, If I do nothing else in in my time in the next three and a half years, two and a half years, then I have accomplished that.
2: Why don't you you tell our listeners what were the boundaries of your district?
6: So south to 8th Street, east to 27th Street, north to Superior, west as far as northwest, 56th Street with a lot of jags in there. It's not a perfect square, (laughs) as we all know. Yes. What businesses were you most excited to see come? So first of all, the Scarlet Hotel on Innovation Campus. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah that's yeah. very nice. I, very yeah, nice. it is. I think we forget it's about beautiful. that. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. 154 rooms, two, two or three great restaurants. I think we forget about going there to eat. First floor and top floor, yeah. folks, if yeah. you're out and there for a basketball or volleyball game. I have not game, been
2: there, but Robin has and enjoyed nice. herself. Yeah, she we thought herself. it was
6: really nice. It's a great place to go. Great yeah. place to go. Yeah. Um, additionally, uh, there, we have an off leash dog bar and coffee shop <laughs> down at 19th and M. Ah! We're setting trail. Is trans. that open? It is, I believe. So that, The dog bar is open? I think so. And I really? should check before okay. I go getting them a lot of business, but it's membership, but you can go if you don't have a dog, of course. Membership. So, and coffee shop. So, Boy, Yeah. I mean, is that fun? When, I when we
2: talk about these dog bars, <laughs> it, it's just kind of. Interesting new concept that we're we're seeing happening. So that's Telegraph
1: District, I think, is what what she said. Yes, that's right. That's Um, right. What were and are the I mean, this would include the university. It would include downtown levels of income and housing. Mm -hmm. What were the
6: toughest challenges? Well, clearly, um, COVID. Right away, we were elected. um, We, meaning the district representatives, twenty nineteen, went right into COVID. Right into civil unrest right into a recall. So we, we I think we've overcome most of those things. Wow. I don't think we'll ever overcome civil unrest. I mean, I don't know how we fix that long-term. But housing, now that we've unmasked for a while and, and put that behind us, I think housing, affordable housing, as you know, Robin, you write about it. Um, that, especially in Northwest Lincoln, um, by the interstate is a big problem. That's getting better. Lincoln Northwest High School's there. We're getting housing development out there. Workforce shortage. Hmm. Um, citywide, yeah. certainly in Northwest District.
1: Yeah. Um, breaking, break, breaking ranks in some aspects on that floodplain regulation that was passed recently was tough for you, but I, I think that anyone who can resist that inertia that can be common in committees and groups shows courage, and I want to thank you for you know supporting our viewpoint on that.
6: Is there more work still to be done on that issue? There's a lot of work left to be done from my point of view. Um, short short answer is um, we did pass. I offered an amendment. We got four minimum votes, as you know, um, that directed Lincoln Transportation and Utilities um, to do uh, a plan now in the next six months that will um, Supersede anything that FEMA will do. FEMA is a great partner, as we know, in government, but they're not fast. Um, and yeah. so, no, yeah, not. <laughs> we like to receive their help, but they are not speedy. So, um, the council did pass that. The, at the same time, we struggled with that issue. So, in the next six months, um, we expect some um, LTU to come forward with some robust public engagement. Mm-hmm. And I hope to follow up with them even when I'm off council. And I know um, the council will change, so I'm hopeful that. We can hold um, some people accountable for some some changes to come. What could the government do? And you kind of
1: started to talk about this. um, What what do you think the government could do? Because I guess nobody really knows to hold the housing cost problem. I mean, this is, this is a
2: significant issue, and we've been talking about it on our show frequently.
6: And I'm glad you asked that because just this past week, it's so timely. I met with the home builders and I meet with them about every six weeks or every couple of months, their board and staff. We talked about this very issue, and I, what I heard again was, we, as a government, need to be more um, business savvy and understand their costs. And once we, we just can't nod and smile and say we're sorry, we have to really, <laughs> you know, yeah. right? We have to really put into action a more than sympathy. We need to codify those changes Um, during this time because they can't get supplies. The supplies they get are expensive. They have to wait. They have to pass that on to their customers and we can't get affordable housing as a whole in Lincoln. So the government has a responsibility. The city has a responsibility to help lower those costs and um, we need to put it in those rules and regs wherever they may be so that that stays and not just give them lip service. We have to help somehow. Yeah, thanks
1: for being willing to make that, that real because there's a practical application.
6: Uh, what is your biggest hope and aspiration for the city after you leave? You know, what I would really like to see is more collaboration, more bipartisanship. Oh, That's where things thank you. get done. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thank you. I think mean,
2: everybody would love that. It doesn't seem to happen very often. It's not
6: popular right now. It isn't, but I, you know, we just have to work together and get things done in the middle and that's where it happens and i would hope that that could be the case thank
2: you and thank you you for your service
1: yeah thank thank you you, thanks a lot and i am here to tell you there is life after city council (laughs) and i'm glad to hear that i'm very (laughs) close i know you know that thank you so much coming up next business is opening closing and moving around a really fun segment we'll be right back this city is my city and i love it yeah i love Born and I got and if I have my way, I'm
0: gonna stay, it- It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 yeah. KLIN.
2: Welcome back to Grow Lincoln with Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers. This segment is possible today because of Realtors Association of Lincoln, Sartor Heyman Jewelers, and Lincoln Electric System.
1: Matt Overdee is the journal star reporting that Canyon Joe's barbecue is coming to eighteenth and end street. So that is that Telegraph District or is that Antelope Valley? That's Telegraph, right? That'd be
2: more telegraph. That's more telegraphy yeah. than Antelopey. Yeah.
1: Um maybe a little bit of both. They moved into the or they are moving into the former panic bar, which was subsequently the filling station coffee shop. Um, and they were. They were a, formerly a food
2: truck. A Robin. food truck. Well, and I didn't. I didn't know that. So, uh, uh, this is following a trend that we're seeing quite a bit. I'm
1: starting to pay more attention to like how many of these were food trucks before.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, let's jump south uh, at uh, 40th and Old Cheney. Uh, technically, the address is 3900 Old Cheney. There's a UPS store. They're doing a a remodel, $80,000, Robin, and that's fairly significant because those are smaller size stores.
1: You know, during the pre-vaccination and the mask era, I was in UPS quite a bit, (laughs) like returning things online that didn't work. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, and not too far from there at 5609 South 27th, which is 27th and Old Cheney. Capital Dental, which has been there for uh, several years, is expanding. And they pulled a building permit $200,000.
1: Boy, that's a lot of new teeth in South Lincoln.
2: (laughs) Well, they uh, apparently have the appetite for that.
1: Ace Rent to Own going into Edgewood Mall. Did we announce on our Saturday show about um, cactus closing?
2: I don't believe we talked about it, but... Uh, yes that's I know we did on me. Jack's
1: Thursday yeah. morning
2: show but sad sad to say that cactus is closing that's the restaurant uh right.
1: a, that was at edgewood that was
2: at Edgewood. Mm-hmm. this uh appears to be up at the to the higher section up there to the up east, on the hill in a up different on the hill. building right in a different building that's kind of associated with the grocery store. But they're all the same it's all the same ownership.
1: New fire station coming to seventeenth and Van Dorn. That's what that construction is that you see there.
2: Yeah, boy, that's a significant amount of money, Robin. Eight million dollars for this fire station. This is not your
1: mom and dad's fire station. Yeah, we this is a pretty deluxe facility here.
2: Just the way things have changed over the years and fire stations and all of the equipment and all the services and
1: The standard for absolutely everything in America is ramped up compared to what it used
2: to be. Yeah, there's no doubt. You've had some information here uh, on uh, the South Walmart area.
1: Yeah, there's a Walmart at 27th Street and Jamie Lane. And Facebook fan Tyler Goodrich announced that national chain TKK fried chicken and kung 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 Fu. fu tea yeah it's the same company that's doing both the chicken and the tea um opening across 27th street on the other side at 25th and Jamie lane uh wait no that'd be the same side no that's the same that'd side that'd be the same, that's the same side, side as walmart, as yeah. walmart. The menu has your look, kind of your usual choices similar to what you would see in Popeyes or KFC but along with that they throw in kwa ka bao combo with shishito peppers and you also get a choice of a Brooklyn lager or a cold brew oolong tea or roasted chestnut milk tea I don't Ro- <laughs> I don't know when it'll be open but I was able to confirm on the website that it says coming soon, and I wouldn't promise anybody the delivery date that anyone told me because no restaurant I know of has gotten open on time, it,
2: it, <laughs> even
1: if we were given a date.
2: It, it's been difficult to do with that with a supply
1: chain. It's I you know just well, give just, it i f- I'd say just give it a few months.
2: Yeah, just with all the issues associated with construction these days. So, hey, uh, at South Point rocket fizz is closing so uh we do want to tell people to make sure to go out and get their gift card they
1: said they will not uh, honor those after they close right
2: so. so that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer we are talking about this uh with with jack a lot of nostalgia jack for mitchell jack mitchell on on their show uh, yeah. the thursday morning segment we do
1: thanks for joining us if you missed the first part of the show you can catch our podcasts on the KLIN website